Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles. Chapter 5. Here's Pastor Ryan. And I was called, I, I believe, you know, even before I was born. But that doesn't mean that I got saved and rolled out of bed and, be, and became a pastor. It took time for him to, uh, you know, test me and grind me down like, like gold and silver in a furnace. It's just, just God purifying my life and, and molding me and shaping me for the day that finally the church recognized we think that one there is a pastor. And that's how the church did it. They laid hands on me and I got ordained. And, but it took time. It took God's timing. It took, you know, me being, you know, like I said, molded and being and prepared. Not the easy way. It was, it was hard. I'm glad it was hard. Or else our heads would be bigger than this place. Yeah, so be encouraged, you know. God loves us all equally. And um, whatever the calling is, you know, seek the Lord in your life. And, and um Know that he's chosen you and, and be patient and wait for his timing. But I always thought, you know, God had the, has the power to miracle me in a position if he wants me to. Right? Don't you believe that if God wants you to have that job, he'll give it to you? Yeah. So I remember, you know, working for Caltrans and, and, you know, driving over here from Fontana on a Wednesday night to teach, thinking, oh, my Lord, you know, please, please, please. And, but I, I, was, I had a piece that, hey, if he wanted me to be full-time, it would be done like that. So there's something in it for me to just keep making that drive. And then one day he pulled the trigger, thank God, and here I am. Amen? But the second attempt worked. Uh, uh, it said, no one may carry the ark of God but the Levites, for the Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of God and to minister before him forever. And David gathered all Israel to, together at Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord uh, to its place, which he had prepared for it. Then David assembled the children of Aaron and the Levites, the sons of Kohath, Uriel, uh, uh, the chief and 120 of his brethren, the sons of Merari, uh, da, 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 da. go down, go down, go down, go down, please with me. And then uh, down to 11, and David called uh, for Zadok and Abiathar the priests, and for the Levites, for Uriel, uh, Asael, Joel, Shemaiah, Elihu, uh, Amenadab. He said to them, you are the heads of the father's houses of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel to the place I have prepared for it. For because you did not do it uh, the first time, the Lord our God broke out against us because we did not consult him about the proper, what's that? Order. Right? So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. And the children of the Levites bore the ark of God on their shoulders by its poles as Moses had commanded according to the what? 
the word of the Lord, right? It was the Akisha poles. There was a prescribed way of carrying that. They couldn't just make a new cart and put it on there. God through Moses prescribed it was to be carried through the, on the shoulders with those long poles. But if you go back to where, you know, he failed the first time, think about that. It was a big to-do. If it seems right in your eyes, the population of Israel said, it's right in our eyes, let's do this. He, they, they had the band going. The worship was before the Lord and it was exciting and everybody must have thought this has to be God. He must be in this because look at how wonderfully they're playing. Look at how many of us are here in agreement and then the guy dies. Which is a lesson that it doesn't matter how big the crowd is that says, it feels good to us, let's just do it. Which, which is the attitude of, of, of many today, especially as we get closer to the return of Christ, that he said, man, you know, people are going to be lovers of themselves, they're not going to want to uh, honor uh, authority, they're not, and that's the world we live in, but it comes into the church, and there's people who think they can be a pastor tomorrow, or they're called to this and that, and I've, I've seen it in all of my years of ministry, I've seen it time and again, you know, a sister coming to the church saying she's, you know, she's the next uh, leader in, in the women's ministry here and she's God's gift to this and that and whatever. And once we just have him chill and wait because his prescribed word says, let them first be tested. They either bounce or they get mad at me. (laughs) Which I'm used to it already. I don't take it personal. It's the Lord. It isn't me. Like he said, Moses prescribed in the word. It's by the poles. That's how you get, you know, weird stuff in churches and people ordaining themselves and dudes who aren't even called or, you know. And it's to the detriment of the sheep when we don't follow his prescribed. But they have, he has talent, I've heard. I've heard it from pastors that should know better. I use them because they have talent. It's like, yeah, but look at their character. Look at their character. I was in Philadelphia for the Calvary Chapel, you know, pastors conference. And the one like theme of it was enough with the, their good speakers. We're looking for character. God is looking for character, not talent. He'll provide the talent. But you don't want talent and no character. And people who come in from the world, they go, well, I'm, 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 I'm Mr. Administrator at my job. I do this, I do that, I do that, I do this, I do that. I'm great at computers. I'm this, I'm that. I'm great, I'm great with everything, you know? Cool. Yeah, but can you help in the, in, the, in the restroom to, like, mop it? And that's kind of how, you know, there's just so much to this than just the physical or the talent. Does that make sense? <laughs> All right. Just like Moses um, had had commanded according to the word of the Lord. And um, again, it it is all about, you know, our lives are about, Lord, we want to do everything your way. Right? Isn't that our prayer? Like, we want to do everything your way. We want, in our homes, we want order. 
we want to do things according to your prescribed way. We want everyone to fulfill their roles and and you know we don't want to be lacking in, in 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 being lazy in our roles or just not doing our roles. We want just he's a god of order. He's not the author of confusion. I think Satan just you know wants our rooms to be dirty and our bathrooms to be dirty and our living rooms to be dirty and our workspace to be dirty and I think God wants it to be clean and orderly. That's just how I I see God anyways. Cuz there's peace. Order is is really peace, right? You can't have two captains, you know, driving a boat a ship or it'll crash you know God puts people in their roles for peace and when we you know I'm convicted you know totally with that word I really am you know my, you know my dog needs more walks you know that's on me <laughs> I have a dog and the Bible says to be kind to your animals and all that so you know I, he need, he's going to get more walks. Deborah will attest to that. She's my neighbor. And so, you know, there's just things that we have to, that are just part of our to-do list that we need to be doing. All right. Um, all right. Back in our text. Uh, verse 5. Then they uh, brought up the ark, the tabernacle of meeting, and all the holy furnishings that were in the tabernacle, the priests and the Levites brought them up. And so now, uh, this is a tabernacle. This is a, where, where Moses met at, and this is being brought up, and the furnishings of that, and it's going to be placed in the, the temple there as well. Also, verse 6, King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who were assembled with him before the ark were sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be counted or numbered for a multitude. And so now, you know, uh, the, the ark is being brought in and, 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 you know, King Solomon and the rest of them are, 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 making sacrifices after sacrifices and offerings after offerings to God. And, you know, that tells us that, that by their actions that they're, they're super concerned with being right with God. They're super concerned with, with their sins and them being, you know, covered and, and giving peace offerings and whole offerings and grain offerings to the Lord. As they're doing this, they're concerned. And I think that's a really good work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we too desire that holiness. We too, on a daily basis, should be, you know, Lord, I, I, I want to be holy as you are holy and that's what the bible tells us to be holy as he is holy because god will not be mocked he sees the compromise he sees the the filthy vessels he sees the filthy feet if you will that gather dirt from this world and the nastiness and the the phones and the tvs and the media and the and the language and all the dirt in the world god sees that and he I, I, without a doubt he desires that we would come to him in prayer and say lord jesus wash me with your blood cleanse my mind cleanse my heart on a daily basis remember uh, peter said lord you, you know you will never wash me and he goes and i'll have no part with you 
So we have to let the Lord wash us in purity. They're concerned about their holiness, and that's a legitimate good place to be. Like as Christians, we should be super, probably concerned more than anything else, but that we would be pure before God. And it's by prayer and saying, Jesus, just wash me clean. Forgive me the thoughts. Forgive me the words. Forgive me the actions. Forgive me the lack of actions. Right? It's, it's, it's the, the trespasses. It's the sins. But it's also the sins of omission. Not doing the things that I should be doing. Forgive me, Lord. And then there's the presumptuous sins and the sins we don't even know we're doing. And you might as well just say, all of my sins, Lord. Cleanse me sacrifices after sacrifices but yet with our lord it's one and peter says in his epistle first peter chapter three fifteen, but sanctify the lord god in your hearts right first peter chapter three verse 15 <clears throat> and then the priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the lord to its place into the inner sanctuary of the temple to the most holy place under the wings of the cherubim this is the only time that the priest got to go in there with the ark when they took it into the holy of holies. After that, the veil, only the high priest, but this was a time, take a good look, fellas. This is it, you know, and so they were able to do that. Uh, Verse eight, for the cherubim spread their wings over the place of the ark and the cherubim overshadowed the ark and its poles. I can't wait to see the cherubim in heaven at the throne of the Lord. They're going to be trippy. Uh, Verse 9, the poles extended so that the ends of the poles of the ark could be seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from the outside, and and they are there to this day. And so that you are able to see the poles somehow from the sanctuary, from the holy place, but obviously... Uh, not speaking of the most holy place, it's the, it's the room where the regular priests were able to go into. Nothing was in the ark except the two tablets which Moses put there at uh, Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they had come out of Egypt. Nothing was in there but the Ten Commandments inside uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Does anyone know what else was in there? Aaron's Aaron's staff, what else? Ah, Sunday school students. (laughs) Turn with me to Hebrews, please, chapter 9. Verse 1. We there? Hebrews 9. Then indeed, even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and the earthly sanctuary. For a tabernacle was prepared, the first part in which was the lampstand, the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the uh, covenant overlaid on all sides with gold in which were the golden pot that had the manna Aaron's rod that budded and the tablets of the covenant and above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat of these things we cannot now speak in detail 
Believe it or not, because I did my homework, this is the only place that refers to Aaron's uh, budded uh, rod and the bowl of manna being inside the tabernacle. And you can check the Old Testament, and, and hopefully you will, but it doesn't, it doesn't say that it was in. God just said, take Aaron's rod that budded and, and, and have it before the people. So it may have been outside of the tabernacle for, 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 for a moment, because here in the New Testament it says that it was inside uh, the Ark of the Covenant, but it may have been there. It was there to warn the people, hey, and God says it, like, let them see his rod so the next time they, they try to, you know, question his authority and throw him out, you know, they'll remember that I don't like that, that that isn't uh, good for their health. And then secondly, the bowl of manna. It also was to be presented before the Lord. That's what it says. It doesn't say inside the Ark of the Covenant. It just says before the Lord and before the people so that they can remember that for 40 years, God brought a delivery from heaven for them to eat that bread from heaven. God provides. Amen? Amen. So, yeah, trip out on that. I thought it had to be inside. Everybody knows it's inside, but it's Hebrews 9 that says it was inside. Nothing was in the ark except for the two tablets, okay, uh, verse 11. And it came to pass when the priest came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions, and the Levites who were the singers, all those of Asaph and Heman and Jejuthun with their sons and their brethren stood at the east end of the altar clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding the trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud, so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. And so we see here that it's described that the musicians of the Levites, when they, when they were with one accord making the same sound, that's when God's glory fell upon that place. You know, we can talk all day about worship, and how it affects God's house. And I just want to encourage you, especially Wednesdays, it's hard to get into it. But do your best in the Lord to sing your heart out on a Wednesday night from the first song. And let's pray for unity. Let's pray for oneness because as we sing in unison, God's glory appears. He begins to break down walls of pride and doubt and fear and anxiety and worries and doubt. It begins to be broken down in the presence of the Lord and his worship and God's people praising 
him. And we know that he encompasses the praises of his people. They were one. You know, I'm a big John uh, Williams fan, you know, the whole Star Wars soundtrack and uh, especially the Imperial Mar uh, March, you know, Vader's. Yeah, you're nodding your head. You know what I'm talking about. Vader's March is awesome. And, and my son, you know, he trips out like, wow, that's look at. And I show him the orchestra, you know, on YouTube. And he's just like, yeah, look at the violinists and the trumpeters and all the playing in unison. How powerful music is and, and, and how powerful our oneness is. You know, the Bible says that we are to endeavor to keep the unity of the saints. It's an endeavor. It's our mission to how do we stay as one body? How do we stay as one body? Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, the Bible says. It is like the, the oil running down Aaron's beard. You know, it's like the, the dew on on. on Mount Hermon. It's just amazing things happen when we're of one accord. And the Bible, uh, Paul can, you know, you know, multiple times uh, exhorts the church to be of one mind, to be of one mind, to be of one mind. And there are those who say anyone who believes in Christ is of the body of, of, of is of, it belongs to the church of Christ, and and. I agree with that statement. Everyone who's born again is part of God's church. But within that and within the different denominations and within the different churches of the world, you know, it, it's, it's good to be of one mind. It's good to be of one mind. I'm reading the book of Revelation in my personal devotion and just in, you know, that chapter two and the different churches. It's like, you know, we read through those and it's not like we say, oh, we are all of those churches. No, I'd like to be that one. I would go to that one, the church of Philadelphia. There's no, none of you ever say, oh yeah, I'll be the church at Ephesus. I'll be, it's always, that's my kind of church where they uphold his word. So yeah, they may be Christians too. But we're, I'm not like-minded with them. You're not going to catch me at, a, you know, various things. I'm going to be with like-minded people. I don't think I'll be condemned for that. I just think that time is short. Yeah. And I don't want to be talking about uh, crazy stuff that's unbiblical. I want to do things according to God's word. And we're, we... Uh, hmm. It's time to go. I was going to have us pray. But you know what I'm going to do? I am going to do it, man. I don't care. Hey, let's get into groups of four or five. Just for, just for five minutes. Please. We're going to pray for, for two things. Okay. Just, yep, yep, yep. Yep, 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 yep. We're going to pray for two things. First, for unity and oneness. And secondly... With that, the health of our church, physical, spiritually, in every matter, in every way. Amen? Yes, Lord, may your spirit fall thick upon this place, upon our church. May you strengthen us to be the people you want us to be. Lord, we pray that you would give us courage in these very scary times. Give us courage and boldness that comes straight from your throne room where the cherubim are right to our hearts
that our hands and feet would be used for your service and for your glory. That you would draw people who need salvation to our church and that we would welcome them with open arms. Do a mighty work of your spirit for your glory, Father. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.